You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. Welcome, guys, to episode 80 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry, and of course, I'm welcomed by my beautiful wife, Tracy. Hi, guys. We had uh, a little bit of fun today because we have a very busy week. We actually have one of our listeners, Jackie Getz, is coming to town, and we're going to spend a little time with her this weekend. Yes, we're very excited about that. And we decided that because we've got two shows we have to put out this week, we got our Patreon show, the regular show, and uh, spending some time with, with Jackie this weekend. We've got a lot to do, so we decided to have our Valentine's dinner today, which is Sunday. I ate a shit ton of crabs. Watch your mouth. I ate a butt ton of crabs. That's not any better. I ate a bunch of crabs. Well. I ate a lot of crabs, a lot of shrimp, a lobster tail. Oh my gosh. I ate so much today. And like my tummy hurts now. But it was so <laughs> delicious. Thank you, honey, for taking me out. That was very sweet. You're very welcome. Um, we got a couple of stories we're going to do tonight, one of which was a suggestion. When we first opened our, our new group up, which I'll remind everybody to uh, go join us on Facebook on our Hillbilly Story, Horror Stories group, whatever the name of our show is. Is that what it is? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> come, come join our group. And uh, when we first did that, we asked everybody for suggestions, and we had a lot of good ones. And we had one that... From Haley uh, McMahon. Mm -hmm. It actually came from Alabama. Thank you, Haley, love. And it's kind of funny because she's a big Alabama fan, which I try to forgive. Hmm. Um, which Alabama's in Tuscaloosa. That's where the University of Alabama is. And our second story tonight, which she didn't suggest, is actually coming from Tuscaloosa. Oh, that's so awesome. So we've, we've, I've, I wanted to do the Sloss Furnaces, which actually she suggested. The Sloth? Sloss. Oh, sloss. Yeah, Furniture. Not, yeah, I'm not Mike Tyson. It's sloss, not sloth. Sloss. What is it? Furnaces. Oh, furnaces. I said furniture. Yeah, I know. God That's love hard you. to say. If there's any doubt that she doesn't know these stories, that should give it away. I know. I'm sorry. That's really kind of hard to say, though. Seriously. I, I know it. Oh. So, you think it's hard for you? Mike Tyson would have a field day with it. <laughs> it would be sloth. <laughs> 
So then the second story is actually from, that, that's in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And the second story is actually going to be from Tuscaloosa, like I said. It's the Drish House. Drish? Yeah, I guess we're just a ton of hard things to say tonight. Oh my gosh, who names <laughs> these places? Say Sloss, Furn- Sloss Furnaces and Drish House real quick. Uh, Sloss Furniture and d- Dish <laughs> you House. You said furniture and... and Damn. <laughs> But anyway, so we're going to talk about both of those because they're probably listed as the number one and number two most haunted places in Alabama. Some people will say one, some people will say the other. So I thought we'd do both of them. Sounds fun. We also wanted to uh, point out that we're going to have a contest from our cousins from another, uh, I guess cousins from another mother don't make sense. So from Hillbilly Horror Show, you've heard- It might make too much sense to some people. Yeah, for real. (laughs) You've heard Bo on the show a few times, and uh, these guys have been great partners with us, and they have an awesome show. And they've got four uh, complete volumes out, and they've given away some DVDs and stuff, but you can actually catch them on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and Vudu, which how fitting for that for this show. Yeah. But um, check them out. But we got a contest we're going to tell you about a little bit later when you'll get a chance to actually win a personalized voicemail from Bo. Uh, you know, not a, vo- a voicemail, but the, the voice greeting, you uh-huh. know, where, so if somebody calls you and they get your voicemail, it right. would be, it'll be his, his, yeah, it'll his... be Bo. So that's pretty cool. But we'll tell you a little bit later how to, how you can get in on that and, and win that, uh, absolutely free of charge. Nice. All right. As usual, we want to start off by praising and giving thanks to every one of our military and civil servants all around the world, no matter which country you represent and support. Amen, brother. Want to first start off tonight with our Patreons because we had uh, a bunch of new Patreons this Yay. week. Thank you so so much, uh, Jackie Moss, AMFP. I don't think that's a name. I think that's initials just for something. No, Sharon, like, is that what you got from <laughs> that? Well, just in case you wouldn't clear on that. <laughs> Sharon Hoffman and Sharon gets special kudos because not only did she sign up for our ten dollar a month Patreon, she also bought three items. From our store Sharon. the exact same day. So thank you, Sharon. Golly, thanks, honey. Uh, Kelly Callahan and Andrea Wallace. Thank you guys so much. We and, really appreciate you guys. And I want to give special um, time to Andrea Wallace, too. Andrea actually sent us an email, and this is one of the probably the most unique mm-hmm. email we've ever gotten. Andrea told us that she was actually legally deaf. And she has recently undergone a procedure where she can now hear like 10 to 12 percent. Oh, awesome. And she listens to our podcast. Sometimes she has to listen to it a couple of times Mm -hmm. to be able to get exactly what we're saying, which I can't imagine anybody that's hearing, hearing really for the first time, hearing our accents and trying to figure out that that's English. That's so awesome. But she actually, yeah. What a compliment. She sent us an email and told us that. She actually is helping, you know, it's helping her to learn English listening to our show, which God, <laughs> God help her. Oh uh, my goodness. But well, I mean, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but, but, you know, who would have thought that in a million years would ever have anybody saying that, that some is... of the first things that they were actually hearing yeah. is from us? Wow. That makes me want to cry. That's so nice. That's so sweet. So special, special shout out Thank to you, uh, Andrea Wallace. We're happy for you. iTunes reviews. We had some of those this week. Uh, Mama Chris uh, with an extra long one. Thank it you was so, so much for that. Nice, Mama Chris. Thank you. It was uh, boo. It was like a whole bunch of O's. I didn't know if they were really, but it was a five star review, so they weren't really booing us. Oh, so. yeah. And then we got thank you the regular. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, God per- bless per- her heart. Graciado. Oh, bless then, her heart. And then That's we've so got uh, Call Your Time. We've got Miss Cora 1980. And then we've got uh, <laughs> Dog Mama Charlie. She wrote us a, a review that I think was approximately 7,000 words long. <laughs> I've seen college theses that weren't as long <laughs> Has her, but we it was an awesome one. Oh, so it greatly was. Think of it was it. so amazing. Thank you guys so much. We just love you guys for taking time out of your life to do that because it means the world to us for sure. We actually, I looked today and I hadn't looked in a long time. We we're at 620 reviews on iTunes. Good. That's amazing. So we need 620 more. So if you're near a computer. <laughs> we love you guys sincerely. We really do. I want to, before we get into the stories tonight. I actually saw something uh, this morning that I thought was kind of interesting. The very first American Horror Stories, uh, the Murder House episodes, mm-hmm. the mansion that they used in that uh, apparently was sold for like three, a little over $3 million. Mm-hmm. And the people who bought it are upset because they apparently were never told that that house oh, come on, was now. used... In American horror stories. So now they're getting all these people that are constantly coming by the house because yeah. they want to see the house or they're How saying, I not know that. I, well, I don't know. And they're saying that people are trying to break in and people are just, you know, it's just constant uh, pain in the neck from, you know, harassment from people coming by. And that's not what they bargained for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand that. It's just so weird that they wouldn't know or even the real estate people wouldn't say, hey. Well, that's the what way. they're, that's what they're saying is the real estate they agents never told them. Oh and gosh. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have known that was the house of somebody well, because I mean, I've true. seen it, but I don't know if I'm just looking at a house. They might not have seen yeah. the show, so they wouldn't know unless somebody pointed out to well, them. Well, that's true. Wow. What what can they do? Well, they're suing to try to get, they're not trying to move or anything or trying to get them to buy the house back, but they are suing to try to get damages. Damages so, for what? I, I guess just for their pain and suffering. I don't know. but Pain and suffering. Well, Give me a break. I don't know. But Let me spill some hot coffee on your genitals, then you'll have pain and suffering, <laughs> and then you can sue. I th- I think the the funniest part about this though, and and this wasn't actually mentioned in the lawsuit, but they said that uh, there's also two ghosts in the house that they weren't told about. <laughs> and but and and the, that's not even the funny part. The funny part is apparently it wasn't mentioned in the lawsuit because there's some kind of California law. Against ghosts or something that you oh, can't. Geez. I don't know what it was. It didn't explain what it was, but that's why it wasn't listed in the lawsuit. Oh my goodness. That almost seems ridiculous. So, anyway, I thought that was kind of a. Oh my goodness. So, are we ready to get into this? I'm ready. You know, I'm excited about this episode, but I'm also excited about the Patreon episode we got coming up because we're going to get into some true crime. Oh, good. And for those of you who... Maybe. You know how I'm about that true crime stuff. Well, but this one... Yeah, this one's kind of kind of whack. This was actually about the the, um, the Texarkana uh, murders, but if, if you'd ever seen the movie, because we like to do stuff that was the, the original stories behind movies, but there was a movie called uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown that came out in the 70s, and it was all based on these. And these were... Really weird killings. I mean, there was like, I think five of them. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple that that he tried to kill but didn't get away. But this guy wore like a mask. It was a, like a bag with the eyes cut out. Ooh, and, no. and then all the murders that he did were kind of like almost like a sacrificial. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really kind of creepy. But Sounds um, creepy. Yeah, these are, these are going to, it's going to be a really cool story. And I've, I've contemplated on whether doing it on this show or doing it on the Patreon show. And then finally, I just decided I was doing a Patreon. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you'd like to hear that, along with some paranormal stuff that we'll do next week as well, 
jump on in. So let's jump into Sloss Furnaces. Sloss Furnaces actually started in 1882 in Birmingham, Alabama. It stayed in business until 1971, and it was uh, known for producing what they called pig iron. It was actually uh, the biggest manufacturer of pig iron in the world at one point. What is pig iron? I know you was going to ask me that. Oh, it's a type know. of iron. I don't know. I don't know what pig iron is. I'm not an iron specialist. <laughs> I'm not a forger. Sorry. <laughs> it was actually created by Doc, uh, Colonel James Withers Sloss. Let's see. These words are just way too hard to say. Like I said, it was the biggest one. It was actually the longest continually running blast furnace in Birmingham history. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was so big and so popular that it became Birmingham was actually became known as the Magic City because oh, wow. that's where the magic happened. Cool. It's now actually a uh, national historic landmark and a museum. Uh, Sloss and its employees actually turned coal and ore, iron ore, into steel. Okay. And that still actually helped jumpstart the Industrial Revolution. I mean, it was used everywhere. That still was actually used from New York City skyscrapers to bridges in the south. You name it, if it used metal. Mm-hmm. Railroads. A lot of railroads were actually well, good for them. Used. That's so, a good money making. So, yeah, they were, they were booming. Um, it sounds like a great place to work and, and probably lots of company pride with that kind of stuff going on. Uh, but, um, no. no. Sloss was actually known as a terrible... Terrible place to work. They didn't treat their employees well at all. And during the summer months, temperatures in the plant would actually reach more than 120 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Which is 49 degrees Celsius for our foreign listeners. Try I took the time. <laughs> there, there were no breaks, no holidays. So lack of sleep and um, the heat, low visibility that was in the place actually made working in the furnace a living hell. Literally. Did they get lunch? No. They didn't even get lunch. No. That's against the rules. It is now. It wasn't then. <sighs> so the only people working there were the very poorest people in town. Um, people who were desperate for employment and immigrants. So pretty much, if you wanted to feed your family, you had to take that job or if there was nothing else around. When it was cold, employees would actually say that the front of their body that was facing the furnaces mm-hmm. would be burning up, sweating, burns from stuff splashing and stuff like that. And then their backsides would actually be freezing. Oh, my goodness. That's sad. This was an extremely dangerous place to work. You had molten ore splashing all around, causing the burns. You had narrow walkways um, above these huge furnaces that people could fall into. The heat and the smoke actually caused really bad visibility, and the sweat would actually run down people's eyes and get in their eyes and make their eyes burn. So, I mean, it just made it even tougher with everything else going on. On top of all that, they would have blasts of carbon monoxide that would actually leave workers disoriented and cause them to fall into the furnaces from the high walkways. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I think I'd grow a big-ass garden or something. (laughs) the hell would that accomplish? <laughs> well, at least you could eat some nice veggies and um, live off veggies. Not for like three months. It takes time to grow. Well, you could... Uh... I'm moving on. As dangerous as the conditions were <laughs> in general, there was one supervisor up there who actually was the... He wins the biggest jerk award. Oh, ever. my gosh. Well, that and with uh, Madame LaLaurie and yeah, a couple of these other jerk. people there. His name was James Wormwood, 
Well, see, that's why he's a jerk. Look at that stupid name. <laughs> but he goes by Slag. That was his name. I don't know where Slag came from. Well. He was the foreman on the graveyard shift, appropriately called. He had 150 people on his shift that was under his control. Slag Wormwood would literally work his employees to death. So we discussed earlier that, that most of these employees had no other options if they wanted to feed their families. So they were forced to sleep in makeshift barracks that would actually, they would be awakened in the middle of the night by slag and made to go back to work. Oh my gosh. There were no labor laws back then, so I mean, he could do what he wanted. And he would often force immigrant workers to perform dangerous duties just to impress his bosses and co- colleagues. This sounds like an episode on Little House on the Prairie. When they were doing the mines. Yeah, I'm sure it's exactly what it was. No, I'm serious. Like, they was making them go in and blow up the mines, and they were making them work till they were really tired. Okay. Okay, this was real life. That was Little House on a Prairie. Okay. Okay, so these dangerous duties would actually be extremely risky, but it would speed up the production, so he didn't care. It also increased the risk of death, and Slag was completely okay with that. He didn't care. 47 people died under Slag Wormwood. Wow. That's 10 times more than any other shift in the history of the of the uh, furnaces. So this guy just walked around and told everybody what to do. Yep. Injuries were also pretty common. So it wasn't just people that died. Um, there were too many to even count. There were so many. Now, there was an explosion in 1888 that was documented, and six workers were burned blind. <gasps> Just in that explosion. That was under him also. Oh, my gosh. So they were denied breaks, so they were often hungry, and they were always tired because they never got to really sleep. This guy was the epitome of what you would think of as a tyrant. I Why mean, did somebody was, kill him? Well, I don't know, babe. And they could just work at what they want to do. Well, in October 1906, they kind of got that wish. Uh, Slag Worman fell from the top of the largest furnace known as Big Alice. He fell into a giant pool of melting ore and his body dissolved in seconds. Oh my gosh. So the strange thing was oh, that in your face. Slag had never been to the top of that furnace before. All those years he worked there, yeah. he'd never been to the top of the furnace. So why was he up there? I don't know. There's a couple of theories. One of them states that we talked about earlier with the methane gas and all that yeah. stuff, or, uh, carbon monoxide and all that stuff. Some people say that they think that maybe he was up there walking and the gas got to him, made him lightheaded, and he slipped and fell. Then there's other theories that believe that many of the workers just got tired of his crap and they picked him up, drug him up there, and threw him off the top of the thing. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) I think it's awesome. That's what he gets, a dirt bag with a stupid name. Yeah, your image is really taking a hit tonight. Oh. Um, so you all agree with me. Now, come on now. <laughs> but no workers were ever charged in his death. So Good. That's even you, better. You would think if the workers actually did that, that there would have been somebody around that would have said no, something. No, ain't nobody going to speak not. up. Nobody going to speak up. So not long after Slag's death, odd things started happening at the Sloth Furnaces, which is going to start most of our hauntings, which is odd because... All those people that died underneath him, there was never really any situations. Look, I don't like that people die, okay? Don't take me the wrong way. I don't. But he was a jerk-off, and he needed to see what it was like. You can't treat people like that. You just cannot. I do believe in karma. and I'm I do, not, do. I'm not saying anything is wrong with it. I'm just saying it's typically unlike your normal self. 
Oh. So okay, let me do this. Oh, I'm sorry he died. Fish. Psych. Nobody uses fish. I don't know where you got that at. Nobody does. It's psych. Nobody in the history of the world has ever said fish. Except uh, Gilbert Powell did. Oh my God. He grew up a river and called fish. Back to Andy Griffith. Always. So, anyways, <laughs> so all these things started happening after he died. Accidents actually became so common on the graveyard shift. And so many dangerous things started happening that they actually did away with the graveyard shift completely after he was gone. Very good. So the legend of Slag actually continues. It seems that his ghost likes to torment people even after he's dead. So they're still not rid of him. People have actually felt shoves by invisible hands. They hear a man scream, get back to work. Oh my goodness. (laughs) When nobody else is even around. But the best story is actually of a guy named Samuel Blumenthal. Samuel Blumenthal was the, the night watchman. And back in 1971, it was the night before Sloss was closing the doors. Oh, this happened in 71? 1971? The story that I'm going to tell you happened in oh, 1971. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because if you remember, I just said Sam- recently in yes. 1906 yes, is when he did. fell and died. Yes. So there is a small gap of 60 some years. <laughs> so anyways... This was the night before they were closing the doors. And the night watchman, uh, Samuel Blumenthal, was actually walking around. He's kind of being nostalgic. You know, he's like, I can't believe this place is going to be closing. Mm-hmm. And this is my last trip around. And as he's doing that and walking around, he goes to uh, a set of steps that he's on. And something pushes him up the steps. And he turns around and looks. And he said he found himself face to face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it as evil. He said it was half man and half demon. He said the entity tried to keep pushing him up the steps. And uh, Blumenthal actually refused to go up the stairs. And the monster started beating him with his fists. (laughs) What the That's not funny. (laughs) What is wrong with you tonight? So he's beating him with his fists. So this doctor, by the name of... uh, Jack Bardo, he examines Blumenthal, and he found that he was covered with these intense burns all over his body, wherever he was being hit. And Blumenthal never went back to Sloss and eventually died. Not from from the wounds and stuff. Oh, my goodness. But he did die. Aw. So. I just, I don't know. This story is, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's tickling me. It just is. It's terrible. It really is terrible. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, my so anyway, gosh. So Birmingham police actually receive hundreds of calls every year from concerned citizens that have witnessed some kind of weird or unexplained activities there. Uh, other than what we've discussed, people have actually heard disembodied voices say things like pick up the pace and push some steel. Most of the occurrences actually happened during what would have been slag shift, the third, the, oh, the, no the graveyard kidding. shift. Yeah. Wow. So locals believe that Slag actually still kind of reigns over the workers that died under the time that he was there. And they also believe that he would get rid of anybody that steps in his way. Because he's a prick. See, he is. So what happens if he's still haunting and there's no workers? Well, I don't... Well, the worker, the dead workers are still dead. And they could still be underneath of him, but they're still in there. Can you imagine what they're thinking? Like, son of a bucket. (laughs) I seriously doubt that they're thinking that because that's not even a phrase. I um, need a phrase. I mean, seriously, after all that, and there's and he's still haunting them. <laughs> I don't. It's just know. not fair. Well, 
Anyways, that's our story on Sloss Furnaces. That's right. It's one of the most haunted places in Alabama, and you made it like it was a uh, a merry-go-round. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just <laughs> I just hate people that do act like that. I'm sorry, treat- Haley. I wanted this story to be special <laughs> for you, and Tracy ruined it. Haley, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to run it. It's- Maybe later we can record her kicking some puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just saying he's so mean. Why? Well, I don't understand why you treat people like that. That's horrible. I know that's hilarious. I mean, I get it. It makes I hear horrible atrocities all the time, and I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> I was just laughing because he got his he, he got what he deserved. Okay, so now you heard at me. the beginning of the show, uh, you heard the the promo for Graveyard Tales, and that is a. It's an awesome show. I like it. These guys are from Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have them on the show. We were trying to get them on this week, Great. and there was some scheduling difficulties. Oh. So we're going to get them on next week. Yay. Probably. Hope so. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But they're funny, and and uh, they're they're kind of in the vein of us, so where they're 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 Southerners, and they've mm-hmm. got that Southern charm to them, and they got a little bit of dry humor, and mm-hmm. but they're funny, and they talk about a little bit of everything. I know their their last episode just came out was on the uh, Japanese suicide force. Oh, really? Oh yeah. my gosh! But they've done uh, that's, when, that's, well, that story still haunts my mind. You know what I'm saying? To, to know that people go there and do that, that is really it's very bothersome. Especially like the guy on YouTube that filmed the guy. Oh recently. yeah, yeah. That's not. That's totally not cool. Yeah. No, not at all. Because mm-hmm. he was kind of, I thought that he was, from the clips I saw, he was very disrespectful. Yeah, very, very disrespectful. So, yeah. but that's just me. That's all right. Carmel will get his butt, too. So we were, um, like I said, when we were talking to Chad Lindbergh, he had mentioned the South Pittsburgh Hospital in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't remember hearing anything about it at that point. But at, right after the show, I remembered these guys did an episode on it. So I went oh. back and listened to it again. And then I, when I was talking to Adam from the show, we were talking about how cool a place it was. So when we have them on, we're actually going to talk about okay. the hospital. Yay. So. Very exciting. Now, we mentioned that we were going to be uh, helping contribute to the contest for Hillbilly Horror Show. So what we're going to do is we're going to play you a clip. Here's how this contest is going to work. We are going to play a clip. And the clip is going to ask you a question. And you just have to answer the question. But I'm going to tell you after the clip where to find the answer. Oh, So how fun. cool would that be? That would be great. So let's listen real quick to uh, the guys from Hillbilly Horror Show. Boo, I didn't told you to fix that door at least a hundred times. Now it won't even open. Little darling, what is the number one rule of the trailer? Come on, you know this. If it ain't brown, you ain't got to put the toilet seat down. That is rule number two. Come on, you can win a used toaster of So the question is, what is the number one rule in the trailer? I could have played you the answer there, but we're not going to. I want to make you dig a little bit for the answer. Now remember what's at stake here. Not a toaster, as Bo said. You actually win a uh, voicemail greeting from Bo, which is pretty cool. Let's keep in mind that this is a pretty big show. And to be able to get somebody to, to do a personal voicemail greeting, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people trying to win this. Here's how you can find the answer. You can be lazy and wait till next week and I'll play the answer. And then you can answer because this is going to go on all week. <laughs> but we will play the answer next week. 
What I would advise you to do is go to Voodoo if you have Voodoo. That's the like the Walmart service and stuff. You know, it's like oh, it's yeah. like Hulu, but right. you see it every time you walk into Walmart. Mm-hmm. It's big. But they also have Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, look them up on there. And this is on Volume Four. Now we've discussed before on this, but it's been a while, so we'll go back on this. This is actually a really cool show. What you get is there are a lot of uh, independent short films, horror films. And what they do is, is they do these little comedy bits, part of what you you heard. It's uh, uh, Cephas and, and Bo and Lulu. And they do the comedy bits and they have some fun with it. But then they put in a video to watch. And the video is one of these short horror movie videos. They're not funny. They're actually mm-hmm. horror movie videos. And they're really good. So you get several of those a show. And there's four volumes out now. And so you got a lot of these. So it's if you like horror movies, this is really cool, and you get a little comedy in between. So that's great. Gives you an idea. So go to their Amazon channel, uh, or their Amazon. Just look them up on Amazon, or go to on Vudu and look up Hillbilly Horror Show. And Volume Four specifically is where the answer to this is. And when you get the answer, send it to me on Twitter. Send it to me on Facebook, wherever you listen to the show, whatever you platform you prefer. But send me the answer. To the question, what is the number one rule of the trade? <laughs> That's awesome. So, and, and we want to thank them guys for, they, yeah. they're constantly trying to promote us on Twitter and then on their website and, and all that. So, Appreciate we want to say you guys. big thank you to all you guys. Yes, thank you. All right. Are we ready to get into our second story from the great state of Alabama? Yes, sir. We're ready. The Drish House. The Drish House. Ninja is extremely loud tonight. So, if you Sorry, hear him. He's got a cold. Yeah. So if you hear him in the background, he he refused to take his NyQuil. It's on him. Yeah. But so anyway, the Drish House is actually a, a historic plantation house in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You don't know. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you like stumbled over the five words there, so I was trying to catch up. Well, I have a code too. <laughs> so it was actually constructed in 1837, <laughs> right in the center of a 450-acre plantation by Dr. John Drish. Now, Dr. Drish was actually originally from Virginia. He moved to Tuscaloosa in 1822, and he was one of the first settlers actually in Tuscaloosa. So there wasn't a whole lot going on at this Mm -hmm. time. He was a widower, and he actually stayed unmarried for several years. And in 1835, he met a young lady that was uh, also a widow, and she had a lot of money. And her name was Sarah Owen McKinney. Well, good for them. So they hooked up. Uh, probably had some premarital sex, I'm guessing. And then they got married. At the time of this wedding, he was already established a, as like a very successful uh, doctor in the area. Uh-huh. So he had that going for him. He was also working as a building contractor. And he employed several slave artisans. Uh-huh. These slaves actually were really good at what they did. And they were responsible for a lot of the early plaster work um, in Tuscaloosa by many of the early settlers. Oh, so a lot cool. of a lot of nice, real decorative yeah. work done by these guys. And Doctor Drish was kind of a reputation for being a big drinker and a big gambler. And I know that's near and dear to your heart. It is actually. That's he actually like to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, he actually died in 1867 from falling down a stairway while he was supposedly drunk. Duh. Now his wife Sarah. She became overly obsessed, we'll say, with planning his funeral. Kind of really creepy in the way that she did. She turned it into the, like this huge event, which if you're not a president or something like that, it's kind of yeah, not really right, right. what you would do. 
She actually kept the candles that burned at his funeral and wake. She kept them. And she said that she wanted these to actually be used at her funeral. And most people thought, okay, that's kind of weird. I don't know why nobody was really doing that, but she was really fanatic about this. So she actually died in 1834, and her family searched everywhere but couldn't find the candles. Oh, you're kidding. Right. So they did everything they could to fulfill her last wish. And Well, she should have just kept them at the funeral home. Well, I don't know that his funeral was at a funeral home. Oh, This okay. was the 1800s, 1830s. Mm-hmm. I don't... Okay, go ahead. So, she... Uh, one story actually says that Sarah caused a fire to break out in the third floor. And it was started by the candles. Oh, wow. That she didn't do. But there was never actually been any kind of proof yeah. that there was ever a fire that ever actually occurred there. But we're going to talk about that more in a second. The house was actually switched hands a bunch of times since then. Um, since the Drishas died in 1906, Tuscaloosa Board of Education actually bought it, and they opened a school called the Jemison School, but it shut down in 1926. How come? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I didn't get into that many details of why the school <laughs> shut down, because it wasn't relevant to the story. Okay. So the um, it was then purchased by Charles Turner Wrecking Company, who used it as a... Uh, a parts warehouse, which is kind of odd. This big, beautiful mansion, yeah, and now it's just a parts warehouse. And I saw a picture of it during the time it really that it cool was a part. Well, yeah, but during the time it was a parts warehouse, it was junk and stuff sitting See, all outside of it. What they have to go running for? So, in a 1940, Southside Baptist Church bought it and they renovated it to their needs. And what I mean by that is they actually added a sanctuary and a Sunday school to it. In 1994, there was actually talk of of um, demolishing the building. They were just going to tear it down because the, the church was supposedly going to become defunct. And I guess the place just wasn't in as good a shape as it oh, used to well, be. That's a shame. But what happened was the heritage commission of Tuscaloosa County actually jumped in and they saved it. Oh, good. good. So that's where it's at today. Oh, that's all right. That's really great. And why is it haunted? That's a good question. I might've left out a few details when we were telling this story. Oh, for example, Dr. Drish actually married Sarah, right? Mm-hmm. And they had two sons, and that's when he started building the house. Now, he actually was, the name of the house then was Monroe Place. Mm-hmm. Which, why did everybody have, feel like they had to name their house back then? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. every time you hear one of these houses, it's got a name. Yeah, well, we, it's we're the, like the it's Polly the, Palace. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's just, I don't understand why everybody's got, you know, you name boats and stuff. You don't oh, name yeah. the house. That's just, yeah, you know, I don't, that's, that's kind of weird. If you're Elvis, you can name your place Graceland, but yeah. I'm not sure everybody else gets a name. They're, right. they're the Kennedy compound or whatever the mm-hmm. deal is. But anyway, his daughter, Kathleen, uh, from his previous marriage actually came to live with him. Okay. And after a while, their relationship, I guess you could say, became really strained. And it was mainly because of a disagreement about who she should marry. See, Daddy had picked out a um, husband for her. And she had somebody else in mind. And um, she would rather marry the other person. So Why did he get to do that? Well, I don't know. But he did what any respectful father would do. And he locked her in her room and barely gave her enough food and water to survive. Are you kidding me? Nope. She finally agreed to marry the man that he wanted her to marry. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> so eventually, uh, oddly enough, the marriage didn't work out. He's making me angry. So the marriage didn't work out, and the daughter uh, moved back in with him. And Why? at this time, she's got two sons, 
But I guess she didn't have any place else to go. I mean, this is the 18, you know, the 1800s, so there's not a whole lot of options back So I wonder then. what happened to the guy that she wanted to marry. I don't know. Didn't get into that either. Oh, dang, you didn't find out no details. Yeah, this isn't the most detailed story out there. No. So she moves back in with her two sons, and rumors started circulating that she had became uh, insane after the split up with her husband. Oh, man. Now, at the same time all this was going on, Drisha's niece was murdered by her husband, who actually was mentally ill. Oh my gosh. So it's not exactly a picture-perfect family, no. as you would initially think. That's so surprising that he was like that. Right? Well, he was also known for his violent outbursts. And as far as the aspect of how he died, we talked about, you know, how he just, you know, some people say he was drunk, fell on the steps. Well, there's actually a few different stories and speculations on what happened. One of them says that he threw himself off the balcony, just in a suicide attempt, I guess. The second theory is that basically he was in a drunken rage and fell down the steps, which is what most people kind of put as the story. But the third one was kind of interesting. It was that he was trying to get off of alcohol Mm -hmm. and basically was having DTs, which he was having the shakes, he was having this and that, and then he somehow lost his balance through that and fell down the steps. So nobody really knows nobody what really happened. Knows. They just know they end up at the bottom of the steps with no heartbeat. Wow. That's so crazy. And those candles. He didn't get to gamble no more. No, well, he made one less gamble that he could make it down those steps. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, when you gamble, you lose. So the candles that we talked about. Now, keep in mind, she took these candles and she begged and pleaded her sons. From the time that he died till the time she died, constantly reminding them that she wanted to have these candles with Mm -hmm. her. Right. Now, wouldn't you think, if it was that important, that you would let people know where the damn candles are? Well, you would think that, yes. But apparently they couldn't find it. And, you know, we talked about the fire. Now, there was a fire, per se, but it wasn't a real fire. There were people outside that said they could see flames engulfing the third floor of the first tower. Okay. But when the fire department got there, there was no fire. Okay, how's and that? And there was no sign of any fire. What? So people saw the flames, but there were no actual flames. Well, how in the world does that even happen? I don't know. So we've had groups of paranormal investigators actually stay at the house. Um, a bunch of a bunch of different ones actually, and, and here's some of the things they've heard. They've heard sounds of a toy piano being played. Mm-hmm. There have actually been reports of a male ghost and a female ghost being seen. Now, a lot of people seem to think that the female ghost is probably her. But the male ghost is said to be a runaway slave. This guy apparently had hid in the tower, but was starved out. Aww. You know, he just, to the point to where he came out. Yeah. Because there was just no food. Right. So and hungry. after he was recaptured, the slave owner had him burned to death while <gasps> oh he was alive. Oh my gosh. Why? It's because people were pricks back then. <laughs> this is so sad. The Drish house was also used as a, a prison during the Civil War. So there's no telling what happened there from that. And today the Drish house is actually used for weddings, graduations, and other events. No way. So, you know, because that's where you want to be. I wonder if all those people know about that. 
I'm sure they do. I mean, it's listed as one of the. It'd be like having something at Waverly. Yeah, everybody knows. Well, I mean, I know that's different, but I just feel so bad for those guys back there. It's just it breaks your heart that they had to go through all that stuff. I mean, I just don't. I just don't understand the evil in people. I just don't get it. I don't either. I mean, but you know what? What I don't get, and we get a lot of these stories that are that that go back to the slave days, and. I can't fathom in my mind not looking at a human being Mm -hmm. and not seeing them as a person. No. Not seeing the pain that you would inflict on them. No, it's terrible. You know, we go back to Lala Ree and the the torture that she used to do. We talked about some of the stuff with the the plantation, Mm -hmm. uh, the Rose Hall plantation. And then, you know, you talk about situations like this. I mean, just the thought that that you can look at somebody because they're a different race or creed or whatever. I mean, you go Mm -hmm. to Holocaust. I mean, all those situations. How do you how do you just treat somebody like they're (laughs) like they're you know right like they're just nothing? I don't understand it. I just don't. I just I can never imagine treating anybody like that. I just don't know why people have no souls. I guess I saw uh, I saw. uh, Roots is coming back on. And you know what? Even in, I I don't even know how long it's been since that movie's came out. I well, think was I was a, a kid. I want to say seventy six. And I don't I don't know why I'm thinking that, but it was in the seventies. And you know, I watched that as a kid and that traumatized me so bad. I mean, that movie was so amazing. It was an amazing movie. But just to see what, you know, people went through back then, it just it's well, just I thought, horrible. I, I thought they just redid that like in the last couple of years. So maybe they're replaying the one that they just did. But I know they, they just recently redid it. Yeah. Because it was some controversy on whether right. they should have done right. it or not. Uh, well, it's getting ready to come back on. I, I kind of almost like to watch it, but I don't know if I want to watch it either. So It's disturbing to see, like you said, it's just the thought process that, yeah. that people can have that mentality that, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a human. No. How you can look at somebody that looks just like you. Yeah. But maybe a different color or a different thought process or a different religion, and and just yeah, it makes me sad for this amazing. world. That and animals, I can't stand it. You can't, can't stand, stand animals. It. I know I can't stand it when people are mean to animals. I mean, how in the heck are you going to do that to animals? I don't know. Oh my gosh, well, I love all you guys. So it's a fantastic transition into our store. So if you want to go in and buy some hillbilly horror story. <laughs> Uh, no animals or people were harmed in the making of our goods. No, just so not you know. even a little bit. Yeah, none at all. So, well, I don't know. It just makes you really just think about things and put it in, you know, perspective. I mean, no, you're 100 percent right. I mean, you got people out there that buy stuff from the store, and you got people who don't buy stuff from the store. Yeah. So I would say, don't be one of those people who don't buy stuff from the store. Yeah, everybody love one another, and just, that's what we all need to do. We all need that and a shower curtain. That's all you need. <laughs> and a mug. Well. And a new Hillbilly Horror Story phone case. Oh, I so want one of those. I'm going to have to get one for my phone now that it's cracked on the back, and I didn't realize it I before wa- I cut my I finger. I wish they could make one for my phone. Well, they don't, because you have a weird phone. I know. Well, maybe I should get me a different phone. Maybe you shouldn't, because I'm tired of that contract. Oh, I am too, actually. But anyway, guys, we love you so much. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we are so busy this week that I don't even know what to do. Yeah, my real job 
has really started to take a toll on uh, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I literally, uh, like I said, I, I work 70 to 75 hours every week, a lot of drive time, and it makes it tough, and it's six days a week. And now I'm actually a regional manager for a company that has four stores, and now two of the four stores have no managers. And the assistants and everybody else haven't been trained up to par. So I'm physically, practically running both of those stores. Yeah, that's really hard. In two different cities. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. So, and some days, it's an hour and a half apart. Some days, I'm actually in both of those stores in the same day. Yeah. So it's it's killing me. But um, that leaves a lot less time in a week like to... Like this week, where we've actually got two shows coming out, mm-hmm. it makes it tough. But we love you guys, and uh, we're so, gonna do it because yeah, this is our it. enjoyment. I mean, it, it, this it is, is what we look forward to. It actually. is what it is, and uh, but we'll put just as much into it. So occasionally, like this week, the show will be a little bit shorter, but it's only shorter because we didn't have a uh, a guest. A guest. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on that subject, the twenty first, which is uh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, we have. Um, an interview set up with Grant Wilson. That is so exciting. Yeah. That and is so exciting. We have Chip Coffee coming soon. Is Chip coming? We don't have Chip set up yet, but yeah? we, we're, we're going to get Chip. Nice. So a lot of fun stuff. We got some live shows once again. And I'm going to really need your help on these because tickets are selling fast, but we also need opinions. Because the show that we're doing in Cincinnati, which is April 14th, it's at a Roosters in the outer Cincinnati. It's a suburb of Cincinnati, so it's not right in the, the city. But we're going to be up there with uh, Justin Rimmel and uh, and the guys from Ohio. So we got Mysterious Circumstances and Justin, and then we've got uh, Nick and uh, Rob from Ohio. They're going to be there, and it's already half of the tickets are already sold. Yeah, and we're still two months away. I seriously cannot wait to meet those guys. They are crazy. We got the same shirt. We both. Uh, Nick, I know. Nick and myself are both wearing our stepbrother shirts. I know. Today. I love those shirts. They are like it's so funny. I saw Nick wearing his online. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Jerry got one, and they're so dang cute. I love them. Um, and then let's see what else. Oh, go ahead with the show stuff. Yeah. So, so that one, like I said, we're half sold out already. There's only like 30 tickets left. Um, so if you want to get tickets, you might want to snatch it up if you're anywhere in the Cincinnati area. Yeah. Now, the other one that I want to talk about, because this is where I need your help with, two weeks later on April 28th, we're having the the big show, live show with History Goes Bump and Pleasing Terror. So Diana Denise will be here. Mike Brown will be here. I'm so excited about that. It's going to be awesome. And we're right after that doing a tour of Waverly. Now, the Waverly tour for that Saturday night is already sold out, has been sold out. Mm-hmm. So there's no tickets available for that. We do have uh, about 20, 20, 25 tickets left for the live show. So if you're coming to Waverly and you want to go to the live show a little earlier that day and see all three shows and the meet and greet and all that, you need to get your tickets for that because that's going to sell out. And I don't want to see somebody come here. And want to do both and not be able to get in yeah. because there's only, the seating really is limited there. I am so excited to see all you guys. You don't even know. But here's the key. If we have enough support, even though Diane, Denise, and Mike can't make it on the Friday night before, there are still tickets available for Waverly. And unlike Saturday night where all of our people, actually, you know, all the people that's coming to the live show from the three shows actually bought the tickets there will be a mixed group of people on that Friday night. But if you guys want to come 
Friday night and take a tour. Tracy and I can be there. But we're only going to do that if we get enough response to it. Yeah. We've had a couple people say maybe, uh, but to be honest with you, we're already going on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And it's going to cost us another $50 basically to go on Friday night. And we don't mind spending the money and and hanging out with you guys. But we want to make sure if we're going to do it back-to-back nights that we've got a good crowd there. Yeah. And we'd also prefer that if you're going to come down for the Friday night thing for the tour that – you know, hopefully you buy tickets and come Saturday and see the meet and greet and all too. Because mm-hmm. at the here's what people don't understand: at the Waverly tour, there's not going to be a whole lot of time for talking and all that stuff. It's basically it's their tour; it's not ours. Yeah. So we're just going to show up and be going through it like you guys. So there's not going to be a lot of talking and stuff except for what the tour guides are doing and all that. So if you want a chance to be able to meet the shows and talk to people and uh, buy merch and stuff like that, that'll all be at the show that we do on Saturday at at uh, four o'clock. Yeah. We've got a busy month. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And I think, what is it, Easter and April Fool's Day is the same daggone day. Isn't that, cra- isn't that crazy? That just means that the kids aren't going to get any Easter baskets, and I'll just say April Fool's. And oh, see, I know. I think a lot of people are going to have fun with that. And I know this is nothing paranormal, but we had a gender reveal party. Last night for my son, so we're having a boy, so we were so excited. That was so much fun doing that, so I'm going to have another little Josh running around and couldn't be more excited about that. So, I just thought to tell y'all, in <laughs> case y'all wondered. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. Oh my gosh. We love you guys so much. We hope you have a blessed week. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.